Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled mompreneur who hits news until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned how to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can learn how to stop picking at your kids' leftover food, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of the to-do list so you go to bed feeling fantastic about your day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman. This is the Healthy Habits for Life show. Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman, and I'm so excited to welcome you for another episode. Today, I'm talking about failure, or really, I should more appropriately say fear of failure, because I know for so many people, when they think about reaching for the stars or setting a goal, especially setting a really big goal, Many people, myself included, are held back by the fear of failure. It's almost like you're so afraid to even hope for it, even start to reach for it, because you have that thought that pops up in the back of your mind, but what if I fail? What if I don't do it? What if I can't make it happen? And that fear of failure is so big and so awful that many times it holds you back from even trying. And really, when you think about it, and I hope your reaction when you hear me say that, is that that's really sad. That is really not okay. It's so common, it's so normal, but it is really not okay for us to accept that, that we hold ourselves back from reaching new goals, trying new things because we're so afraid to fail. I have a lot of thoughts on the matter and how you can work through those fears, but I wanted to start by telling a story because I love to tell stories. The story is about how my greatest failure turned into one of the greatest successes of my life. Not overnight. And it was really hard. It was really hard as I was going through it. But looking back now, so many years later, I can now say that my greatest failure turned out to be the greatest success in my life. So the story goes back to my quest to become a psychologist. As you heard me say in a previous episode, I knew from a very young age, I knew from a high school student, ninth, 10th grade, maybe, that I wanted to become a psychologist. It was just in my bones. There, there really was no debate. There was no thought about what I should do with my life. I just always knew I was meant to be a therapist. Now, I didn't always know exactly what that process entailed. And maybe I would have thought more about it at that young age of a high school student if I knew more about it. But I just knew that's what I wanted to do with my life. So I went through high school, I went through college and signed up to be a psychology major and learned as I went along, okay, what are the things you need to do to fulfill the requirements as a psych major? And as I got closer to the second half of my undergraduate degree entering junior year, and I knew it was time to start thinking about, okay, what's next? What is the next step in this journey of becoming a psychologist? Well, it's getting into graduate school. You can't become a psychologist unless you have further training. 
So I learned everything there was to learn. Um, so I thought about getting into graduate school and figured out, you know, what the process entails, studying for GREs, narrowing down, figuring out what are all the programs out there? How are they different? What am I looking for in a program? And then finally selecting a handful that I was going to apply to. Now, these programs are really competitive, and I was probably a little blissfully naive because I didn't know at the time how competitive they were, and maybe if I really knew that, it would have deterred me a little bit, but I just knew. I was just intent on going to graduate school because I needed to become a psychologist. So um, about, I want to say it was the end of my junior year, I was doing research with one of the psychology professors, which is what you have to do. If you're applying for graduate school, you have to get experience conducting research in the area of psychology. And so a lot of people work with the professor and help them with their research projects. And so I worked with one and I think I had worked with him for a couple of years. And then at the end of my junior year, he hired another student to work with him as well. And we became really good friends. And he also had the same dream. He wanted to become a psychologist and he was applying to graduate school as well. And the really wonderful part about that friendship was that we went through all of it together. We spent a lot of time in the lab conducting these studies and putting together all the different pieces of our research and then going through the process of applying to graduate school together and comparing notes and finding, you know, who do we know that went to various programs and what are they like? And then coming back and sharing what, what we found out and figuring out where are they offering the GREs and how are we going to get there? We don't have cars. How are we going to, how are we going to take them? And we went through the whole process together. And so in uh, senior year, the beginning, I guess it must have been the beginning of senior year, we sent our applications off and then begins the waiting game. And now there's nothing left you can do but wait and wait and cross your fingers and hope and pray that you will be accepted into a program so that you can go on and take the next step to further your career. So springtime came along and my friend and I were continuing to do our research and getting ready to graduate and wrap things up with our undergraduate degree and comparing notes. And for him, the, the acceptance letters started to roll in and he would tell me, I got into this program, I got into that program and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for my acceptance letters to come in. But instead I got rejection after rejection after rejection. And one day, one day it dawned on me, oh my God, he's going to go to graduate school and I'm not. And that was a kicker. I was so happy for my friend. It had nothing to do with competition. I was super happy for him. It was just more an acceptance of the reality that this plan A was not working for me. It was not going to go as planned. And sure enough, the last of the letters came in. I heard from all the schools and they just didn't see that I was the candidate that they were looking for. And wow, that is a kicker. So I was left trying to figure out what am I going to do? This is a huge roadblock. I wanted to become a psychologist and now it looks like I can't. So I went through a bit of a crisis going back and forth. Well, maybe that's not what I'm meant to do. Maybe I'll do something else. Forget the whole thing. I don't even know what my ideas were about, um, about the backup plan because I'd never even thought about a backup plan. But I do remember talking to my roommates and talking to this friend and just going back and forth. I don't know, maybe I'll apply again. Maybe I won't. I don't know. 
And so we graduated and we left school and my friend went on to the University of Miami and he started that fall. And I ended up, we went to undergraduate at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. And so that summer I traveled with some friends, which is a whole nother story <laughs> for another episode. Um, and then I decided to come back to Atlanta and spend the year doing more research and doing some volunteer work and trying to improve my credentials and so that I could apply again and try to get into graduate school the next year. It was not an easy thing to do. Um, that was a really hard year, probably one of the hardest years of my life, you know, as most recent graduates experience, just feeling really lost, not really knowing what you're doing with your life, not knowing a whole lot about life, period. Uh, but I was a waitress and I waited tables and I continued to work at Emory doing research. And I found a couple of volunteer projects that I could work on to gain some clinical skills. And I also did a little bit more research to try to understand why didn't I get accepted? I really thought I was a good candidate and I was just as good as my friend was. And why was I not accepted? And so, you know, come to find out that just like it's true when you're applying for a job or really just like it's true when you're trying to market yourself for anything, there's a way to present yourself in an application or in some form of media writing that's going to be better than other ways. And so I sought some input on my application and tried to learn whatever I could to determine how could I improve the way I presented myself because I knew, I knew I was a good candidate. I know that I knew at the time that I was supposed to do that. And I just had to help the committee see that I was the person they needed to accept. Now, um, my family. So at the time I was living in Atlanta, my family had family in the Florida area. And most years we would go down there and visit. And so this year was no different. So Christmas time, my family was in Florida and I made a plan to go visit my friend at the University of Miami. And I asked him to show me around and introduce me to the faculty so I could meet people. And as it turns out, this is an amazing strategy. And it's really a lesson that ended up paying off many times over as I was looking for jobs in the future. And it's something that I talk to many young people now who are early in the process of looking for jobs and interviewing that when you are just one of many in a stack of papers, and I think the numbers are something like these graduate programs get 500 applications for maybe five spots, maybe the numbers even more now, I don't even know this was a long time ago. Um, so if you can meet the faculty, or if you can meet the people that are interviewing you in person, now you really stand apart from these people who are basically just a piece of paper, one, of many, one among the stack of others in this pile of 500 applicants. And so my good friend introduced me to the faculty and I improved my application, sent it off again and went through the same waiting game. I still remember I was waitressing at a restaurant called the Peachtree Cafe and there was a little phone in the kitchen and um, I remember, I guess maybe they called, maybe they called and left you a message at the time. They sent a letter, but they also called and left a message. And I remember checking my messages obsessively whenever I could get on a break. I would go pick up that black phone and call my messages to see if any of the schools had contacted me. And what do you know? I received a, a letter of acceptance from the University of Miami. And my dream was going to come true. I was going to graduate school and I was going to become a psychologist. 
I was elated, elated. Now, um, you know, it's a story I love to tell because there's so much to learn from that. And what I want to talk about today is how that could have gone a very different, in a very different direction. Had I been so derailed by the fact that I quote unquote failed, I got rejected. I didn't get what I wanted. My plan A didn't work out and I could have just given up and said, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. But because I knew in my heart that this was what I wanted, I knew I couldn't do that. And I had to find another way. I had to keep going. I had to persist. And so it turns out that there was a plan B. And plan B was just give it another year, get more experience, learn a little bit more about how to present yourself in an application, go meet the faculty who are reviewing applications in person so they can really get a sense of who you are. And it just might work out better than it did the first time. And at the end of the day, did it matter that it took me another year? Did it matter that I graduated in 2000 and not 1999? No, it didn't matter at all. My life went on to be perfectly fine. My career went on to be perfectly fine. And that one year didn't matter at all. It was a painful year and I had to do a lot of growing and and tolerate a lot of really difficult feelings. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter. And so in some ways, you know, if I think about how old was I, I was probably about 22 at the time. Learning that lesson at 22 was actually really valuable because it's something that was going to come up many times in my life. And I now had that lesson that I could look back on. And I had that knowledge of saying, you know, sometimes things don't work out right away. Sometimes they don't work out as quickly as you want them to. Sometimes they don't work out using the methods that you thought you were going to. Sometimes it's not plan A, but it's plan B that gets you there. Maybe it's not even plan B, but maybe it's plan C or plan D. And it can all be okay. You just can't give up. You have to persist and you have to look at what's going on a little bit more critically, a little bit more objectively and saying, okay, why am I not getting where I want to be? What do I need to learn? Maybe do I need to enlist other people who know more about this than I do and they can help me figure this out? Maybe I need to try a different angle. This first angle isn't working out. Or maybe I just need to take a step back and say, it's just not my time right now. And I just need to be patient and keep going And maybe my time for whatever reason is going to come, but just a little further down the road. And so what I want you listening to this story, what I want you to take away is that failure, quote unquote, failure is only failure if you give up. If you let that become the end of the road and give up on whatever it was that you were pursuing, then that will become a failure and that will be the story, a quote unquote failure. And that will be the story. That will be the narrative that you tell yourself for the rest of the life, for the rest of your life. I tried this and it didn't work out. I failed. And so I gave up and I decided that wasn't meant to be. But instead, you can choose to write a different narrative. You can choose to write a different ending. You can choose to extend the length of that video of your life that's playing out and saying, okay, it just didn't happen in that time frame or in the way that I wanted it to, but it still can. I'm just going to have to write a different story. And when you embrace that aspect of the process, then you continue to set yourself up to succeed. You can get what you want as long as you don't give up and as long as you're open to trying different methodologies 
different ways of looking at things, maybe a slightly different version of the first goal or the first dream that you had. But if you don't give up, you can make it happen. I hope that this story of my journey to get myself into graduate school, to pursue the career that I knew I always wanted, I hope this story will stick in your mind and that it helps you think about your own stories. Uh, when were the times when you went out, when you wanted to go after something, but you felt yourself held back because of fear? What if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? And can you change that narrative to say, I don't have to worry so much about failure because it doesn't have to be a dead end. It just might be a curve in the road. And will that happen? Yes. There are going to be many curves in the road, but they don't have to be the end of the road. If you keep your attitude positive, you keep your mindset positive, learn what you need to learn and just keep going. Then you can turn your quote unquote failures into the successes that they were meant to be. They were just a little bit delayed and they just got disguised a little bit along the way. But who knew that success might be failure wrapped up in a different disguise at an earlier time point? I would love to hear from you. If this story resonates with you, if you have ideas about how you can manage your own fears about failures, um, current failures, um, you know, goals that you now have, dreams that you want to pursue now, if you have some ideas about how you might change your approach because of this or any ways in which the story and this episode resonates for you, I'd love to hear about that. Send me an email, carol at healthyforlifebycarolperlman.com and please share your stories with me. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you loved today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.